0: We have to take care of the foundational building blocks. And then when you get stuck, you have these functional lab tests to discover what could potentially be under the surface and what are the potential patterns that are showing up as our root causes.
1: Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition.
0: What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and check movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide
1: actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining
0: us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 116 of the biohacker babes. I am Lauren tuning in from Maryland and Renee is on my screen. She's got a blue tongue. I am jealous. Oh yeah. Lots of blue tongues this week. Tuning in from do that. It's like three quarters of your tongue.
1: Um, I'm learning that if I talk at all while it's dissolving, it takes over. My teeth are a little blue. My tongue is very blue. <laughs> like we were at the biohacking conference a couple of weeks ago, and I made the mistake of popping one of these. This is blue canantine, by the way. And I'm walking around the conference, talking to people. My whole mouth just like exploded blue. It was so embarrassing.
0: yeah people understand i think most people there biohackers know what a blue mouth is from yeah it was the one place it was safe (laughs) it is a little embarrassing when it stains your teeth it's way worse than like a wine or a coffee stain on your teeth really gets in there but i am where it came from it was originally used as a stain for your teeth so good job yeah it works (laughs) <laughs> the dentists knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah. So I am I am fired up and
0: ready to go for the day. I know. You are energized. I'm trying to get to your level because I've had a frustrating technology day. Nothing seems to be working, but we're here, ready to go. Yes. I'm sending good vibes through the Zoom call. All Woo-hoo. right. <laughs> so thank you for everyone for tuning in. Today we are talking about root. Causes. There is an S on the end of that because it is usually not root cause, but multiple root causes. And if you follow us on Instagram, you have probably seen that we love to post our five hidden causes for fill in the blank. This is really sort of a motivational factor behind the health coaching, nutrition coaching that we do. Our mission is to help our clients find underlying stressors that could be causing stress, imbalances, symptoms, disease, illness, whatever it may be. And our goal for you is to really get accustomed to asking why and always looking at the big picture. So we don't take the easy answer and I'll explain that in a little bit, but we like to do these posts to get you in the habit of thinking what could potentially be underlying this symptom, illness, etc. cetera. There's usually more than one cause. And the reason this is so important to us is we feel as health practitioners that it's important to bridge the gap between traditional medicine doctors and you, the patient, the client. A lot of traditional doctors don't have a lot of time to spend with their patients. And that's because there's a lot of disease in this country, in this world. It is not their fault, but uh, time is limited. So we're trying to bridge that gap by spending more time with you and being the investigators that we are.
1: Yeah. I just want to throw something out there. I always have this image of the iceberg, right? We've seen that a lot in functional medicine. So if you picture the iceberg, right? Most of it is underwater and those are all the root causes, right? The chronic stress, the lack of sleep, the leaky gut, right? And then the tip of the iceberg, the little part that's sticking out of the water, that's the symptom, right? That's the skin rash or the brain fog. It's just the little thing that's saying, hey, we got a lot of things going on underneath that we need to look at. So there's your visual.
0: I love that visual. And I'm glad you brought up the skin issues because I think that's such a great example. The skin usually is a symptom of something that's going on internally in the organ system, hormones, gut, but we see it on the surface.
1: Yeah. I was actually... I was actually at the hair salon yesterday. I got my hair cut, a little trim. Looks beautiful. And thanks. And I noticed oh, one of the girls in the salon, I was looking at her skin and she had like this horrible rash down her arms. And I couldn't help to think to myself, like, I wonder if she has a gluten sensitivity or if she has an autoimmune condition. <laughs> yeah. I, was, like, I don't know. I start like going down this rabbit hole in my head. But like, when you see skin issues, you know there's something going on inside that needs to be dealt with.
0: Yes, so. I find myself doing that often yeah. as well with no judgment. It's just pure no judgment. curiosity. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. So how we got here. So traditional medical school generally teaches that each disease has a cause and a treatment and doctors will either identify, diagnose the disease and balance, and then they'll prescribe a drug, a therapy, a surgery, maybe even a supplement. Supplement is a drug. And this works really well for acute infections, emergency situations, trauma, et cetera. But for more chronic issues, we have to always come back to the why, zoom out to see the big picture, and really analyze whether or not this is just putting a band-aid on the problem or actually really helping. I'm not saying it doesn't help. There's a lot of good reasons for that type of medicine. But when we do put on a band-aid, if that's what it is, we are treating the symptoms. We're, creating, or we're treating the skin rather than the gut issue. We're covering up the pain. We are potentially shielding it from additional stressors, which is amazing, but we're not treating the root cause. So again, just to reiterate, our goal for you is to get you accustomed to asking why and to think outside of the box and think maybe there's another reason. It's just always good to be curious. Always keep looking. So what is root cause? Root cause is the process of discovering the underlying stressors and the causal factors because it's never one thing. Our body is a system of systems. Everything affects something else in the body. We are not not isolated bodies. It it sounds weird to even say that. I can't even say isolated because everything's integrated in your body. We know this. The gut and the brain are intimately connected. The brain pretty much tells the body to do everything else. We know (laughs) it's like Jenga, you push on one side and something out comes out the other side. That's kind of how the body works. There's always like this cause and effect and everything is interrelated system of systems. That's why we really have to look at the big picture and look at what else in the body is being affected.
1: Yeah. And I think this episode is really for anyone that feels like they've tried a lot of different, you know, healing modalities, whether it's diet changes, supplement changes, medications even like, but if you're trying all these things and you're not feeling better, really, that just means you need to dig deeper. Um, a really good example of this is something like leaky gut, right? How many people are walking around with leaky gut? It's super common. Uh, A lot of people are hearing that term, but that doesn't come from just one thing, right? Is that from candida overgrowth? Is that from a gluten sensitivity? Is it a zinc deficiency? Is it chronic stress, right? So it could be all these different things, but we want to just try and label it as leaky gut. And I think a lot of people really get caught up in this vicious cycle of trial and error. And then they get disappointed. They take this, doesn't work, take this, doesn't work. Um, And until you really get to the underlying cause, you're not going to have much success with that.
0: I just had a funny visual. That's why I laughed earlier. I did not mean to laugh over you, but I was imagining like that stock video footage of, New York city streets, like really busy. Everyone's walking down the street, people in suits. Can you imagine if there was like a little bubble above everyone's head, like leaky gut, leaky gut, you have this, you have that. I think it would be yeah. way more common than you would expect.
1: Yeah. That, that is really interesting to think. Actually, um, my husband, Ryan, you know, obviously <laughs> he plays some video game where it's like very futuristic, but you can scan around and then a bubble does pop above everyone's head and you can see what their job is, how much money they make. Are they married? Like, so that would be kind of funny if you could see, might be a little frightening, but
0: I like that. It's what our cousin Tina calls the profile. She's like, what's the profile? Just can we just download all of the stats immediately? What's going on? Oh my God. <laughs> what do I need to know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so." We really need to gain the insights here and that's going to help us to correct the problem at the causal level. Like you said, some examples here. So when we say band-aids, you know, if we look at more traditional medicine, some examples of this might be, you know, if a woman is dealing with irregular or painful periods, put them on birth control, high cholesterol, put them on a statin, imbalanced thyroid markers, thyroid medication, high blood pressure, beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, or even acid reflux. This is super common. Let's just put you on an antacid which is really a short-term medication,
0: not long-term like most people end
1: up taking it.
0: Mm-hmm. Or so, like a skin disorder, you give some kind of cream to <laughs> diminish the skin symptoms that you're having.
1: Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with using something short-term. Like if something is really, really wrong, using it for a couple of days to make it calm down, great. But at the end of the day, you still need to get to the root cause of why that happened. Otherwise, it's just gonna keep popping up again and again. And unfortunately, we're also seeing this with alternative medicine. So, poor gut health. Here's a probiotic. <laughs> high blood pressure. Here's some garlic. Yeah. Thyroid issues. Here's some iodine. Right. <laughs> so it's just like it's the same treatment idea or mentality, but using a more natural treatment option. But it's still not getting to the root cause.
0: Yeah, we're not going to have the commercials with all of the the side effects, like death, diarrhea. To- headaches, all that stuff. (laughs) Like the supplement is definitely a more natural, uh, less aggressive option, but it is very causal. It's very black and white. And again, not looking at root cause.
1: Yeah, you're right. So you might have, it's less risk of having a side effect, but it might just not work. So it's like worth trying, but it might just not work as well. Interesting timing. I just saw Sean Stevenson posted a really great video today about Pfizer pulling uh, Chantix off the market, which is for helping people to stop smoking, which is definitely a really important thing. But this drug that's been on the market for many years, they finally pulled it off. And I think the main reason they pulled it off because they found it increases your risk for cancer. And most people want to stop smoking because it increases your risk for lung cancer. So interesting. But anyways, he shared the commercial and 90% of the commercial was the side effects. It's like just crazy, including suicidal thoughts, cancer, depression. Anyways. yikes, yikes. Yeah. So watch out for the side effects. Okay. Done my rabbit hole.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you turn on the TV and you do see all these commercials. It's it's like, I have all the jingles stuck in my head because they're just played over and over and over. And that's why we know that, you know, research shows that 70% of Americans are on at least one prescription medication. Many are on several drugs that only address the symptoms and then carry those side effects you were mentioning. I know when I've been to GPs or any, practitioner, they're like, you're not on any medications because they're just so used to people having a very, very long list. Super common. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. So we're not saying not go to your doctor, please keep going to your doctor. (laughs) We're not trying to replace your doctor, but it's helpful to have this education and empowerment behind knowing when to ask questions and really always having the motivation to understand the why. I think that first one on the list of the band aids you mentioned, Renee, the birth control pill that is all too commonly given to women without looking at what's going on underneath. I've had many clients come to me say, Oh, it's put on it. I said, Did you have your hormones tested? Nope. But I had symptoms. Here's a medication. You're on it for life, or you're on it until you're done thinking about reproducing. But a lot of those like statins, thyroid, who knows? You could be on that forever and ever. Okay. Yeah. All so right. <laughs> how do we how do we take a step back? What we're really looking at with these hidden stressors is I love this term. My mentor, Reed Davis from Functional Diagnostic Nutrition calls it metabolic chaos. So when we have a hidden stressor, which turns into multiple hidden stressors, if we leave it unchecked, or not corrected, it's going to create a downstream of effects into other areas, which is why we said root causes, is not cause. So one dysfunction is going to build upon another. And it really kind of depends on our individual areas of dysfunction, vulnerability, because we each have our own, I guess, quote unquote, weak links in metabolism. So this kind of endless possibilities as what, Could happen. So you could take two people and they could have the exact same symptom, but when you look underneath, totally, totally different root causes. With this idea of looking at root causes and trying to understand the metabolic chaos, we're really, really trying to step back to look at the big picture of how all of your organs talk to each other. How does the brain talk to the body? Are you getting all of the foundational basics that we need, which we'll get to, but you've heard them sleep, hydration, stress, all those things. And hopefully we can correct those imbalances. Again, there's certainly a place for medications. I know I already said that, but if you are being put on a, on a medication, just some questions that would be good to have on the back of your mind. What are my underlying stressors? Are there any other factors that could potentially be contributing to this outcome? I think that's a great question to ask your doctor. Are there any nutrition, sleep, and lifestyle habits that could possibly help? do I really need this pill? What are the risks? What else would you add to that?
1: And how long is it safe to take? I would definitely ask your doctor that if they're recommending anything. And actually Dr. Amy, who was on our podcast recently, she said when she used to work in the ER, she would just, you know, hand out, you know, antacids, like it was candy because it was just such a common thing, but she would always say, make sure you follow up with your doctor later on. But most people aren't doing that. And then they're on it mm. for you know, five, 10 years. And there's definitely detrimental effects when you're taking something long-term. So that's another question to ask. Yeah. And really the fundamental difference between, you know, functional medicine and health coaching versus maybe traditional medicine, uh, Western medicine is we always want to address the foundational building blocks first, right? The things we talk about on every episode, you got to look at this first. So quality sleep, hydration, mental and emotional stress, environmental stress, the right type of exercise, right? All of these basic lifestyle factors always need to be addressed first. Um, Mm -hmm. So make sure you're not skipping over those.
0: Yeah, it's like the foundation of your house. You can't start putting in electricity, your water, you know, bring in the internet (laughs) before you have the ground, the walls. So we want to make sure that all of those things are in place because if you start taking a supplement and you're not sleeping or you're drinking terrible water, what good is that supplement really going to do you? It's probably going to be a waste waste of money.
1: Yeah. I think people probably waste a ton of money on supplements with even just one simple thing is if you have really an unhealthy gut and you're not able to absorb the nutrients from your food, you're not going to absorb anything in the supplement either. So Mm -hmm. you're spending maybe hundreds of dollars on these things. You're just dumping into your gut and it's not doing anything.
0: And it's very possible that, over the counter, like a multi or a one a day could have really irritated your gut in the first place. But yeah, actually
1: this company sent me a product to try. It was ashwagandha and like vitamin D and zinc. I was like, sure, I'll try it. I get it. And I flip it over and you'll never guess what's in it. Well, first of all, it's a gummy. So, you know, it's going to have some added stuff, had
0: vegetable oil in it.
1: Well, Oh my (laughs) This is probably doing
0: more harm than it could possibly do good. Okay. So we're going to ask the audience, I know you can't respond to us, but what is the number one underlying cause of chronic stress? Inflammation. Where does a lot of inflammation come from? Vegetable oils. Ding, ding, ding. Really awful. Yeah. So I'll
1: be sending them feedback soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They'll be hearing from me. (laughs) In a nice way. Yeah. All right. So we have the building blocks first, the lifestyle, nutrition in place. Second, on that list, we like to test. We don't guess. We cannot just assume that you need a certain supplement without testing. I mean, sure, most of us need digestive enzymes. We probably need some omegas and we need vitamin D. But there's a lot of things that we really should have knowledge of, of what's happening in the body, where our imbalances before we give a supplement or a drug protocol. So we have functional lab testing, which is an amazing thing. And that area is really growing very rapidly and it has expanded to the consumer, to you. You can order a lot of tests at home. I will say it's always better to work with a practitioner because sometimes you get that data and you're like, what do I do with that? The goal of these tests is to address the core symptoms that allow our body to function properly. So we can look at hormones, our digestive health, immune function, nutrient status, genetics. And there's like, we could start with the basic level. You could get like a blood chemistry from your doctor. Um, we'll go into the testing soon. And then we can do further investigation if needed. So it's kind of like unpeeling the layers. Unpeeling. It's kind of like peeling the layers. (laughs) Which way, which direction you're working? Unpeeling. (laughs) We're putting the onion back together. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. Yeah. (laughs) So here are your testing options. A lot of you have a basic blood chemistry from your doctor. So most people have, you go for your annual checkup. Hopefully you're still doing that. Mm -hmm. Amazing to have because you need to know, you know, the basic biomarkers or your white blood cells encounter just basic things that would potentially flag an acute or chronic infection virus is something acutely going on in the body that we really need to know about but what this blood chemistry traditionally will miss is some more specific markers like vitamin D we've talked about this on the show before it just is astounding to me that vitamin D is not just a staple on every lab
1: or if it is on there it doesn't get flagged unless it's below 30
0: yeah. So that's the other thing is, is too low.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they say thirty to fifty is normal. But remember, we don't want to be normal. We want to be optimal. So above fifty. I mean, that's just yeah. one example. So even with this basic panel, your doctor might not flag certain things that maybe Lauren and I would as mm-hmm. more holistic health practitioners. So
0: yeah, really great point. So looking at a standard range versus a functional range, which is much more narrow. And also looking with a very analytical critical eye to put together patterns, because generally on a, uh, you know, a basic blood cam, your doctor is just going to see, did the actual lab flag something, but we have to really put the pieces together. Some other markers that are important, fasting glucose and A1C, that would be really indicative that there's some inflammation going on. If you have blood sugar dysregulation, then you're going to make a lot of things hard for yourself. Cortisol. I see this in a lot of blood tests, but serum is not the full picture, which is why we love the Dutch test. So you could have cortisol in there and it could be normal according to their range. Maybe it's not normal to the functional range and maybe it's not the full picture. And then thyroid is a big one. A lot of these tests only test for TSH. Maybe they do T3, T4. But if you listen to our podcast with Dr. Amy Horniman, she talks about the full thyroid panel. We really want all of those markers so we can get the full picture. So our free and metabolized T3, T4, TBG, our thyroid antibodies, our reverse T3, we need all of it. So nothing wrong with a regular blood chem, but it's good to go deeper and have more information. Hey,
1: biohackers, Renee here. Just a brief interruption in today's episode to tell you about one of our favorite biohacks. And it's all about drinking wine. I personally love red wine, but anytime I drink commercial wine, it totally destroys my sleep and I feel like crap the next day. I can even see the impact on my biometrics, like on my BioStrap or my Aura Ring, but I see increased body temperature, elevated heart rate, a major drop in heart rate variability all really bad things that you don't want to see as far as sleep and recovery goes. So it's really just not worth it to me, even though I love the taste of wine. So once Lauren and I discovered Dry Farm Wines, I was so excited because I felt like I could finally drink wine again. So Dry Farm Wines offers organic biodynamic wine. It's sugar-free, keto and paleo-friendly. It's lower in sulfates and it's free of toxic additives. If you want to learn more about the dirty secrets behind the wine industry, especially like about the toxic additives they're throwing in there, you'd want to go back and check out episode 62 where we interviewed Todd White. He is the founder of Dry Farm Wines and gives so much great information about what's really going on with wine in the United States and why we should really be drinking safer, cleaner, healthier wines. So if you're ready to try this amazing clean wine that we love so much, Check out today's show notes for a special link where you can actually get an extra bottle with your first order for just one penny. All right. We hope you love the wine. Let's get back to the show.
0: All right. So some tests that we really love to do. Dutch test.
1: Yeah. The Dutch. I feel like we're always talking about the Dutch. Yeah, we we really think that this is the best option for looking at your hormones. So cortisol rhythm, your steroid hormones, your neurotransmitters, your organic acids. We can see a lot just with saliva and urine testing here. And if you want a deeper dive on this test, I would definitely recommend going back to episode 98, where we had Dr. Carrie Jones on. She is the Dutch guru for sure. But really this is telling us a lot more about your hormonal picture, not just drawing some blood, seeing what your hormones are doing in the moment, because we know our hormones are changing you know, by the hour, by the day, by the week, right? So this gives us a much better, better picture. And especially the cortisol, we love seeing that cortisol awakening response. So if you just go and get your blood tested, that's just your cortisol in the moment. But the cortisol awakening response, we can see when you wake up in the morning, where's your cortisol within 30 minutes, 60 minutes, what is your cortisol doing? And then is it dropping before bedtime? So that whole rhythm is really, really important.
0: Also the circumstances of getting your cortisol tested at a doctor's office versus testing at home. I think that I would be a little stressed about that Whereas, you know, doing the urine, you pee on the strip or do the salivate and, or do the salivate saliva in the comfort of your own home, probably more indicative of a normal day than going to the doctor. Exactly. Much more calm. Anything about Dutch? Anything else about Dutch? So I think there's even like further in investigation with the Dutch tests. It's, we could easily look at the Dutch tests and go, oh, your estrogen, estrogen is low or your DHEA is low. Here's a supplement that's going to fix that. So even with functional lab testing, we can still get kind of stuck in this black and white picture. You Never, ever, ever can take the first answer as certain. We have to keep going because we know that. Gut pathogens, toxins, inflammation is a driver for hormone imbalances. So if you go to a doctor and maybe you've done the Dutch test, because that's kind of the best thing on the market right now. And one of your hormones is off and your doctor says, here, take this supplement, ask why maybe they already did that investigative work for you. And they have still come to the conclusion. That's the best, but ask why you really want to know why is that going to correct? Is it going to bring it back into balance? Are there any other indications that that would not be the best option for me? And I'll say the gut is a huge driver of a lot of other problems. So that brings us to our next fave <laughs> test.
1: Yes. I mean, there's so many great gut tests. I personally love the GI map. This So this is a stool analysis. I know everyone's favorite test to run. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just ran mine this morning.
0: Great. Thanks for the visual.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's just every time. So I like to do it every couple of years just to make sure like my gut is in check, but every time I do it, it just brings me back to the, the reality of how weird it is. So it's just weird.
0: <laughs> I mean, so is the Dutch test, like sticking a cotton swab in your mouth, walking around, yeah. but at least you're at home when you do it. So
1: That's nice. Okay. So we don't recommend
0: to do it at a friend's house. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do while traveling.
1: (laughs) All right. So what this test is looking at is um pathogenic organisms, uh, dysbiosis in the gut. So I mean it's a very, very comprehensive panel. Things that we can pick up on are gluten sensitivity, inflammation in the gut, immunity in the gut. So looking at secretory IgA levels, we can see how well your immune system's functioning, pancreatic enzyme sufficiency. So like Lauren mentioned, digestive enzymes are great, but do we really need them? How, how well is your body doing without those added on? So we can see that. And then it also actually tests for blood in the stool. Um, so that's an important thing to kind of cross off the list. So some of the other things that looks at uh, H. pylori, this is way more common than people think other bacteria, parasites, worms, viruses, um, all things that can live in the GI tract. And, you know, it's... We're going to have some bugs in there, but we want to make sure that they're under control. So this is a really comprehensive test to look at that. So why would you want to do this test? A couple of reasons why. Autoimmune disease. We know there's a strong link between autoimmune conditions and gut health. If you're dealing with IBS or IBD, both of those are just like thrown out there. Oh, you have IBS. Oh, you have IBD. But there's a million reasons why you're dealing with that. So this could be a good test for you. Any digestive complaints diarrhea, constipation, bloating, gas, all of these things are not, you know, quote unquote, normal brain fog. Again, that gut brain axis is so essential to look at. So if you're dealing with any kind of poor memory, brain fog, issues like that, want to look at this skin problems. Like we were saying before, right? I mean, acne, psoriasis, eczema, anything coming out of your skin. Most of the time is starting in the gut. The skin is like where it's expressing itself. It's trying to get out. So always back to the gut, mood disorders, depression, and anxiety back to the gut brain link, right? So we actually have seen that those suffering with depression almost always have some kind of digestive issue with it. And it's not always showing up as whatever gas and bloating or constipation, things that we would think, but there's a strong link there. So if you're dealing with any mood disorders, we want to look at that. Um, Also, because a lot of the neurotransmitters, especially serotonin are made in the gut, And then finally, um, diabetes and weight loss issues. So the gut microbiome plays a really big role in our blood sugar regulation, which is why we actually had that great episode with Colleen from pendulum on where she talked about the use of probiotics for gut health to then control blood sugar. So strong, which if I can jump
0: in works really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. The stuff is powerful. I remember just trying to isolate and just take blood sugar supplements and you know, it kind of works. That probiotic works. <laughs> Regular. So good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's pendulum. And yeah, she has amazing research on the link there and then weight loss issues. So we can actually see a difference in the gut microbiome between people that are obese and people that are thin. And some research is even like pulling out, you know, the bacteria from thin people and using it through a fecal transplant in the obese patients. And then they're able to lose weight. Crazy, crazy. But so definitely a weight loss uh, connection there.
0: We are a bacteria. Yeah. And I think just because I did it with the Dutch test, I think it's also important to note here that we could have a black and white approach with the GI map. We could say, oh, this gut bug is out of balance. You have this yeast, this parasite. We need to go after that one thing. But more importantly, we always want to look at the patterns, like how does this all come together? What's the overall picture? And that's a really nice thing with the GI map, similar to the Dutch, is we get to see these patterns. And there's kind of like three big patterns. So there could be dysbiosis, there could be an inflammatory pattern, and there could be digestive dysfunction patterns. I guess you could have all of them, but we don't want to just like nitpick one little thing. We want to step back and see how does this all come together? Because we know lab tests are not hundred percent accurate. Yeah. I just had someone that had across the board, like almost completely a digestive dysfunction pattern, but didn't have H. pylori and considering the symptoms, you would think, oh, you would really think she had H. pylori. So we have to say, you know, is this hundred percent accurate or does it fit into the picture? Does it relate to her symptoms? We have to keep questioning that it's kind of impossible to, to know definitively.
1: Yeah. You really need a critical eye to be looking at the labs. And for those of us that are, you know, seeing these labs over and over again, we do start to pick up on more patterns and that helps you kind of identify things. And if someone's running labs on you, they also need to be really looking at your health history and your symptoms and cross patterning all of that. <laughs> Can't yeah. ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. And then similar to the GI map is the organic acid test. So it does pick up on similar things. Lauren, you're my go-to expert on this test.
0: (laughs) I would not call myself an expert, but I really do enjoy running this test. I think it's pretty fascinating. I wouldn't say it's for everyone. I would say it's um, definitely more down the line in the investigative process. If you're really having a lot of health complaints and not getting answers, really like at the top of the list of who should do an O test is anyone with autism or ADHD, ADD, cognitive psychiatric complaints. And then like pretty severe GI complaints, um, autoimmunity. It's good fibromyalgia, but I would say it's not like a first out of the gate test. It's definitely a troubleshooting test, but we can gain a lot of insight into this. I think what it's really good at doing is prioritizing treatment intervention. So really helping to narrow down the decisions about how you'll go forward. So what we see on this test is we get metabolites for fungal toxins, we get candida, we get clostridia, Oxalate. So all those things are actually on the GI map, but on the organic acids, we're looking at the metabolites. So it's even more of a narrow focus. In addition, we get mitochondrial health. We get imbalances in neurotransmitters like dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin. We get to see our glutathione deficiency, folate metabolism. Again, really fun tests, really revealing tests but I would say not out of the gate. It's definitely like a troubleshooting for that list that I mentioned before, or if you have tried everything else and you need more answers. I would say not as serious of a marker, but it does reveal a lot for weight loss resistance. I've had stuff come up on there for clients that just are like, I don't know, there's no other answers. And we were able to get some answers on an oat test. That's great.
1: Yeah, I find it really picks up I mean, just so much. I've never seen like a quote unquote, perfect oat test. Yeah,
0: no, I, you can't, <laughs> you can't. Because everything's <laughs> on a spectrum. Yeah, Everything's on a spectrum, just like the GI map, just like the Dutch, you get a range and we are dynamic beings. Things are fluctuating constantly. There's no, like, you're never going to be between the low end and the high end range for a marker. You're never going to be 50, 50 in the middle. It's <laughs> impossible. <Right>. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're, again, you're yeah. looking at the pattern and you're looking for extreme values or outliers. What could potentially be so far out of balance that is causing an issue or signifying right. that there's an issue.
1: All right. We'll throw one more test at you all.
0: Micronutrient
1: y'all. <laughs> y'all where am I right now that I said that? Mm. <laughs> that was an awesome it's, too it's much Friday y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Micronutrient testing. Our go-to for this is Spectracell Labs because it's a very unique way of testing for micronutrients. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But So this test is specifically looking at 31 vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, antioxidants, and then metabolites. And the cool thing about the technology that they are using is actually measuring the functional level and the capability of the micronutrients that are present within the white blood cells. And this is where the metabolism takes place, and it's where the micronutrients are doing their job. So unlike doing like a static serum measurement where you're just going to the lab, a typical lab blowing some, um, drawing some blood, that's only assessing the concentration of nutrients present outside of the cell. So that's looking at the extracellular levels. Not as helpful versus this. It's actually looking at more like a four to six month picture of what's going on with your health. So think of it as more like in the moment versus a four to six month picture. Wouldn't you rather have a longer term picture of what's going on? Mm-hmm. So their technology is really, really fascinating in that way. But why do we want to look at micronutrients? So we know that micronutrients deficiencies can increase or speed up the aging process. It can lead to degenerative diseases, cellular dysfunction. And we know if the cells aren't healthy, nothing in the body is going to work. So that's going to ultimately lead to other diseases and signs of aging. So if we can prevent that by correcting these deficiencies early on, we all win. And suboptimal levels of vitamins and minerals can have all kinds of health effects. Everything that we've listed in this podcast so far, everything from GI distress to brain fog, to chronic fatigue, right? All of that can actually stem from these nutrient deficiencies. And I have to say the RDA, right? The recommended daily allowance of nutrients is just to survive. So whatever you're reading, it's like, Uh. oh, this is how much vitamin C I need or vitamin B12. That is just to survive, right? To not end up with something like scurvy, (laughs) right? We don't really see that anymore (laughs) in the US, but we want to have enough of these nutrients that we're actually thriving, that we're healthy, that we're living our best lives, right? So that's where we get to these optimal levels. And then one more thing is the minerals. I think this is really good to always check your minerals, at least every once in a while, because our minerals have a really delicate balance in the body. Example, let's talk about zinc because everyone's talking about zinc. Everyone's taking zinc because we heard it's good for immune function and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So let's just take zinc. If you take too much zinc, you can actually throw off iron. You can throw off copper. Those are the two big ones right? So we always want to make sure we're playing this balancing game between these nutrients. Now I'm not saying stop taking zinc. I'm just saying test, know what your levels are, know if you should be taking it or not. Zinc and copper, especially, you know, even just like a milligram of copper could balance out the amount of zinc a lot of people are taking, but just don't haphazardly be throwing it in minerals because you heard it was good.
0: Yeah. That's a really great point. Yeah.
1: So always good to test, test, and then personalize your supplement plan. Um, So yeah, so that's micronutrient testing with Spectrosol, and they, you do need a physician to order this test, but you can go online and just look for a physician in your state. The only state that doesn't do this is drum roll, New York, New York, sorry, shocker. (laughs) Every other state you can have a physician order it. So even if you're in New York, maybe you drive over to New Jersey for the day.
0: Oh, my feelings about New York have just changed and changed. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Really crazy. But tri-state area means Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. But Pennsylvania is close. Lots of options. Cool. Yeah. So we brought, I guess uh, we're scratching the surface with these tests, but we wanted to introduce these to you to let you know that you have options that if you are going to your GP and you're getting five minutes with them and then you walk out with a script for a medication or maybe a supplement, you have more options to understand the why, you know how to ask the questions, and then now you have the resources to do further testing if you think that's necessary. Of course, we want to always remember, just to recap, number one is we have to take care of the foundational building blocks because if you're not getting sleep, Quality hydration, managing your stress, proper exercise selection—so not too much, not too little. When was that we did our our Goldilocks rule? When was that? That was our hormetic stress episode, right? Yeah, yeah, the Goldilocks rule. Yeah, for everything. Somewhere in the middle for exercise. <laughs> yes, and then remember that your body really is phenomenal. We have these underlying healing abilities. If we can take care of the foundational stuff. And then when you get stuck, you have these functional lab tests to discover what could potential potentially be under the surface and what are the potential patterns that are showing up as our root causes. Everything is connected, our cells, our tissues, our organs, all the fluids in our bodies, our chemistry, our energy, it's all part of one like really intelligent system. And If we can do that process in order, functional building blocks, tests, don't guess, really personalized, really, really personalized. And that involves what Renee says, like looking at a full medical and health history to make sure that it's right for you. We have a lot of amazing opportunities. I think that's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. There is always going to be an answer. Always. You just have to keep, keep looking and remember the iceberg. I'm going to
0: leave you all with that. The iceberg. I love the iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll put a link to the iceberg in the show notes so you can check out what that looks like. But um, such a great image to remember that so much could be happening under the surface. All right. That is Root Causes. We are wrapping up if you have questions about this episode or if you want us to go deeper on any of the topics we covered today, specifically any of the functional lab tests, shoot us a message. Let us know. We are so happy that you joined us today. And... We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking.